podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and your Monday team is looking slightly different. To my right is Colin Watt and we also have Declan McConville swap on a Tuesday for a Monday in a last minute Bosman deal. Welcome back to the the show guys, I want to hear all about your weekend, I'm going to start with you Colin, you're suffering a two day hangover mate, you're getting to that age. Yeah I know, I'm feeling old, Declan you'll get there eventually mate, don't worry about it. Um, no, it was a great weekend, Um do you know what was really good? My cousin travelled all the way up from Plymouth and he brought his young daughter with him and it was her first experience at Celtic Park. Um, so she got to experience that on Saturday um, and she's now telling us that her favourite player is Georgios Yakimakis. So that's going to cost him an arm and a leg to get that printed on the back of her top when it comes around to uh, birthday. But I drove up Friday night and then drove home yesterday. So some experience, but definitely one that will uh, live long in uh, his daughter's memory so one, one that he'll cherish I mean obviously uh, back in the days when I was going to my first game calling you know yeah, photography and that didn't exist according to you but um, <laughs> I've got my memories I've got my memories but I do recall going back to 1987 when I started going to the games interestingly enough the centenary year talking about favourite players my favourite player and it cannot be denied was Andy Walker Andy Walker was my favourite player top goal scorer that season and I wrote to him and got a wee signed Frame, which I've still got to this day. Um, if you were entering the uh, the football park at that kind of age, Colin, in this day and age, who would be your favourite player? I don't I think, think it's something we one. have these days. It's more of a kids thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you're like, I was very taken aback that she said that it was um, George's Jackamacus. I wasn't. I was thinking it would be someone like Kyogo, who seems to be uh, the sort of fan favourite at the moment. You see all the sort of Japanese headbands for sale. Um, but obviously she understands the physicality of having a big striker up front and what he can do. And the so it's more of a tactical decision then? I, I reckon so. She's, she seems very bright for her age. I haven't Fair seen play. her in years and years because of how far away they stay and it was great just to have him up at the weekend um, and taking in the, the title party. Um, they ended up walking back through the Tron Gate and 
um, enjoying the, the camaraderie that was going on there. So they'd previously only been to Plymouth or Gale games. This was a bit of a step up, I think. Interesting. And uh, who was your first here? I'm going to say it was Henrik Larson, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely Henrik. Yeah. Henrik Larson. Declan, uh, what about yourself? What did uh, your weekend look like? A wee bit different from Colin, um, although I'm sure you lived it up after the game, but you you were on media duties on uh, the weekend, weren't you? Yeah, the, the beer had to be put in standby for a wee while. Um, I was representing the alternate view at the fan media press conference after the game, so um, great view, obviously top performance, and then get to go round. Got to speak to Callum McGregor, uh, Jacques Marcus and Ange after the game and even managed to, to sneak on to the park for a wee photo and I got a wee chat with John Clark too and I actually saw uh, Andy Walker but um, Martin O'Neill was walking down to leave it was like the second coming of Christ as it always is when Martin kind of appears at Celtic Park and everybody goes wild. Stan Petrov is leaving, big you know crowd around him and then Andy was leaving and the crowd wasn't very much so. Just me, and, just me and Andy, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think James McFadden get more photos uh, than Andy Walker did on, on Saturday, which maybe tells you something. But yeah, it was a great day all round, and it was great to to have that kind of once in a lifetime experience. You know, winning the championship, a fifty second one, and then getting on to talk to the, the manager, the captain, and you know what, what's been one of our most key assets this season in Big Jackal. Brilliant. I, I thought you were going to say once in a lifetime chance to speak to the gaffer, but we know that's once a week for you, Dick. Sorry, Colin, I cut in there, mate. I was going to say, I've got to give a shout out to my pal David. He had um, 6 0 on his coupon, wow. £20 pounds at 28 to 1. And nice. we were winding him up in the last couple of minutes saying, oh, should have just made it five, should have just made it five. And then the last kick of the ball, last kick of the season to win nearly £600. Pound. That was incredible. Was he cursing staff at some point? Uh, between him and then when Jackamakis missed that basically one-on-one with Liam Kelly uh, which I'm sure we'll get to but uh, yeah we were kind of winding them up and then it seemed to backfire on us but what I'm saying is David if you're watching you owe us all around Nah fair play um, We're asking today what will phase two of the Age of Ange look like uh, the changes have already started I want to get your guys uh, reaction on that um, because it may have come as a bit of a surprise to some that Nier Beaton and Tommy Rogic are leaving the building. I'm sure plenty others will follow. And at about one o'clock, we will have a special guest in Simon Donnelly, who I think might have been part of the team as you started uh, watching Celtic. Colin, was he away by the time you started no, watching Celtic? No, unfortunately. He was yeah. gone. We'll have a, a wee chat about uh, the season under Ange Postecoglou. Uh, obviously, Simon does a lot of the punditry work for Celtic TV. We'll also be talking about an event that Simon's involved in, uh, which features Martin O'Neill and others. And we'll have a wee look back to one of his European campaigns uh, in the hoops, because what we'll be doing between now and the start of next season is we'll be looking back on 30 years in Europe. And there is a reason for that, of course, because we're looking ahead to what we can do in Europe next year. What have we done in the last 30 years? And we'll be doing it season by season. So this season will be 1995-96 European Cup Winners' Cup, where we faced uh, Dynamo Batumi in Georgia, and we also faced PSG. We'll be talking to Simon about that, but I'll also be talking to you guys as well. Now, let's start off with the news that um, somebody thought it was a good idea for Jota and Starfield to be on an aeroplane with uh, the chance of some verbals and otherwise. Colin, what was your thoughts when you saw that nonsense? Um, I don't know if that's down to the club or the players, but surely they can afford something a bit more expensive than Ryanair flights. I don't know why they're scrimping and saving on that. He probably spends more 
on his haircut than what he did on that flight. Um, look, travelling anywhere at the minute, I think, unfortunately, you're going to be bumping into a couple of these unsavoury characters. So, um, look, I think they handled it really well and stuff out. Um, his last Instagram post was was pretty apt as well. So, look, there's always going to be the, the chance that you'll bump into them. And, yeah, it's just one of them things. I think they handled themselves very professionally, didn't get themselves into any trouble, and just showed what the class of a champion is. Now, Colin, you're going to have to tell me what the last Instagram post is because I'm at a stage in my life, right? Having already been through Friends Reunited, Bebo, MySpace... <laughs> Um, I'm not going beyond Facebook and Twitter. So although there are a state of mind accounts on Instagram and TikTok and various others, I'm not there. I don't know what's happening. What was the last, for anyone else who shares my disdain for um, emerging social media platforms, what was the last post? Declan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something along the lines of show respect to the champions. Yeah, something along those lines. Nice, nice. I mean... Declan, are we looking too much into it? Is it uh, one of these ones where, you know, hindsight's a great thing, but, you know, did we not think as a club to maybe have a wee chat with the players and say, this is going to be happening the week after we win the league, let's be very careful as to how we travel? Yeah, I imagine maybe that conversation's been on in the dressing room. I don't know if that'd be, you know, one of Ange Postacoglu's main focuses probably in this past week. It's been all about ourselves getting that league over the line and enjoying the celebrations. Um, I, I don't know what, what the gig is in terms of players with passports and all that stuff. Um, you know, obviously we've had the, the debacle. Um, but been nearly two years ago now with Mr. Bowling Goalie when all that happened. So I don't know if the club probably keep passports or how that works. Um, but yeah, it was. I felt sorry for the two of them. Um, the only positive I'd probably take out of is that Jota's going away with a permanent Celtic player on holiday. It's quite a, a good thing. There's obviously a relationship there and hopefully a friendship. I just hope the two of them have a very well-deserved uh, break and if there's any doubt cast in uh, Jota's mind as to where he sees his future, Big Carol can um, talk him round because as well as that Instagram post, I think he spent the majority of the flight looking at pictures from uh, the weekend. So even though the people uh, on the flight might have been of the other persuasion, um, I don't think they'd have liked what Big Starfield was looking at. And again, at the weekend, I thought he was immense just to touching him. So yeah, Jota and Starfield, probably not the best idea to be on that flight, um, but it's maybe a good sign that we've got them going to be with one of our permanent players at this moment in time. Send them away with Starfelt for a week or two and Starfelt can work on them, right? Um, let's let's start off with that as a discussion point then because we are looking at next season, phase two of the Age of, Age of Ange. He's only had two um, transfer windows uh, in which to try and rebuild Colin because that's what it was, rebuild the side. But you get the sense that we're moving into a period where we might lose double figures players again. Uh, we might be bringing in quite a few. There's there's differing uh, uh, numbers in the, in the comments. But two players, obviously, um, are at the forefront of these plans are Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, I mean, both of them have been revelations. And I've heard both takes on it. I've heard, you know what, Jota's staying and Carter-Vickers is leaving. And I've heard the flip of that. Um, I'm not going to put all my eggs in any of these baskets because, quite frankly, we don't know what's going to happen at this stage. It does worry me a wee bit that there seems to be genuine interest in Carter Vickers from the likes of Newcastle, but we do have first refusal on Jota. Um, So if he wants to stay, we're going to pay the money and he'll stay. What's your take on it, uh, Colin, I think, in terms of a boost? um, Are we just going to wait until Wednesday and announce it then? Uh, 
I mean, that would be that would be clever, or maybe wait till Saturday and take the shine off of anything else that's happening that day as well. Um, no, I think you'll see Celtic are doing a lot of work behind the scenes at the minute, um, and they go about their business very quietly, but also um, recently, certainly very proactively. Um, and I think you, you already see Anne just starting to speak about these deals, and I don't think he would mention anything like that if he didn't think that these are something that could potentially come to fruition in the very near future. Um, I think we also have first refusal on Cameron Carter-Vickers as well, not just Jota. Um, so in that sense, you're thinking it's, it's up to the players to, to decide. The players have been very coy about it, but when you listen and you, you look at how Callum McGregor led that team out at full time um, after the game to the Champions League music, for that experience alone, you would think that would almost be enough to convince the players to come back and uh, to sign permanently and get that opportunity to play on the greatest stage in European football. So I, I'm pretty confident that these two deals will get done. I think this will just be a matter of time. Um, it is good to see that the Mieda deal is done. Mm. Um, that had to be done. And he's now got a four-year deal as of last week, I believe. Um, and then you're hearing uh, the, the talk of the, the Hammer be left back saying he's just going to go on with his job until uh, the, the deal's sort of done, which is a good attitude to have as well and he's by all accounts scored a fantastic free kick the other week as well so but the Age of Ange part 2 the difficult second album is, is certainly underway but um, I'm feeling quite confident that we'll have a lot of our business if not all of our business done by the time that we head off to Austria in a couple of weeks time Declan um, good points made by Colin I, I think last week I suggested that um it's not as if we're uh, trying to flog a dead donkey here with these two guys. They've seen Celtic in their full flow um, with the promise of Champions League football next season. We've done everything we possibly can to try and retain these two guys, haven't we, on the back of a great season? Yeah, I think so. You know, as Collins already touched on the scenes, you know, coming back from Tannadice on Wednesday night, Saturday, um, that, that Champions League and from playing at Celtic Park on Saturday too, it's all there. The ingredients are there to make these two guys want to stay at the football club. But I think it's important to emphasise the point as well that Ange has, has said that if, if individuals don't want to be here and they don't want to commit themselves to the club, basically, I don't want them around the place. And that is, you know, the, the harsh reality of Ange Postecoglou as a football manager just now. And I think that's the way he has to be. Um, and that's been beneficial to us this season because on Saturday after the game, one of the questions was about, you know, recruitment, how many new guys came in. And he said he trusted all those guys that came in the door. I mean, if you think back to those games at like uh, Tynecastle, for instance, when Big O'Reilly was thrown in right at the deep end, but he trusted them to come in and do the job for him. You know, I've seen two guys here over the course of the season that have been absolutely terrific. You know, Vickers arguably player of the season for a lot of people. Jota has had his big moments and, and games. You know, I think back to that game up at Pataudry. Both games at Pataudry when he scored really important goals. But they've, they've been part of this and why not want to be a bigger part of it but again you know, I emphasise the point if both of them don't want to commit to Celtic after what's went on probably in the past week then as a span you probably don't want them to be around the place so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens but I would love both of them to see because I think they do them are cracking football players mm, Definitely we, we know what it looks like Colin when a player of undoubted ability and talent doesn't want to be at the club and the player that you get is a shadow of their, their better self. So I totally get what Declan's saying there. And hopefully we can tie both of the deals up. Um, some of the other deals that have already been done, Beaton, Forrest and Rogic. 
and obviously emotional scenes um, at the weekend as well, Colin, to see, mm. you know, Tommy Rogic and uh, Nir Beaton in tears, loved their time at Celtic. I have suggested that my, it's my take that I would have kept them, but, you know, Ange knows best. Was it time for those two players to go, do you feel? <clears throat> Personally, I would have kept both of them myself. Um, but if the players want to be somewhere else, then I think it is best for both parties that the two of them are leaving. Obviously, it is very emotional. As you say, you've spent nine and a half years at a place, whether that be a workplace or whether it be uh, when you move house or something like that. You've always got that emotional attachment. You've got those memories. And the, the scene that um, really encapsulated it for me was um, s- sitting near Beton sitting down on the cinch uh, podium and he's being comforted by guys like Tosh McKinley and stuff like that. He doesn't seem to be someone who lets his emotions come across that well, but you could see that how much that meant to him. Um, and then his um, Instagram conversation with uh, Leela Bada as well. I know, Paul, you wouldn't have seen that, um, but basically he was saying uh, how much he's going to miss him and how much he's going to miss the club and that he's settled himself in really well and he should be proud of himself and stuff like that. Losing guys like that and losing their experience is going to be difficult on the club next season. You're going to need to see guys like Joe Hart step up even more and show their experience that they've got, especially when we go into the, the likes of the Champions League. Callum McGregor, a lot of these guys, the younger players are going to look up to them and see what the example needs to be set. Um, and obviously losing characters like Rogic and Beaton in the dressing room is going to be a, a big loss. What I'm interested to see is where they go next. Mm. Because there was talk that Roderick would be moving back closer to home, but he definitely ruled out going back to the A-League. So I wonder if he's got something in mind um, or where he's going to be heading next. I haven't really heard any rumours. As for Beton, it does look as if he is going to head back to Israel. I think his wife's pregnant with their third child. So um, congratulations to them. And both of them go out with all the best wishes of every Celtic supporter uh, behind them because... They put, their, they put their all in for the jersey and at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. And they've left us with some fantastic memories as well. They have, and they've left with, with a haul of uh, medals. Declan, when you look at the two of them, I find it interesting that Ange pointed out that Tommy Rogic had lived um, and operated his entire adult life as a Celtic player. And uh, obviously there is an element of going home, uh, as it were, interestingly, enough, as Colin says, that it may not be to the A-League, but um, you, you sometimes take it for granted that these young players can just fly to the other side of the world and you just expect them to perform and perform consistently, but what we've probably got this season from him is arguably his best campaign in a Celtic jersey and um, as well as a, a solid campaign from Beaton, we've also got him really supporting Abada and that's another thing that Ange has brought up he really supported Abada and Abada's made it known on these newfangled social media platforms uh, that obviously without him it would have been very difficult and I also think that we can handle it this time round we can handle losing those two lots of experience whereas see a year ago I think it would have been disastrous to lose another two players with that kind of experience under the belt Declan but again I trust Ange. I trust the process. As uh, you know, over the the period of the last twelve months, I have I've learned to trust Ange's judgment on these things. Are you in the same camp when it comes to these two players? Yeah, um, um, both. You know, if you think back, Beton didn't get off to the best of starts uh, that this season in the Midland game with the the poke in the eye, and I thought, well, here we go again. Um, but 
both of them have played such a huge important role um, they deserved every accolade that they've had come their way since it was announced last week that they were going to believe in the club um, I was one of those people with a tear in their eye until Roderick went off and, and Saturday because you know that this has been my Celtic team it's been guys that I've adored growing up um, big moments especially that Scottish Cup final but even thinking back to doing at Rugby Park and stuff that goal that he got down there under Ronnie so we're going to miss him um, I, I think probably if you'd have asked me this question last season I'd have you know, even with their experience, there have been two guys on big wages who you would have been unsure mm-hmm. about fitting into a new system, but they've played their part. And um, yeah, it's best wishes to both of them. But again, a point that, that Angie emphasised after the game on Saturday was that now that these players, this group of players, have been over the. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Course of the season, they will have learned a lot in the past, you know, nine months or whatever, and that's only going to serve this team well going forward. So even though there's the big personalities in there still, you know, your Joe Hart's, Callum McGregor's. Yeah. Uh, th- this is going to be a squad and a group of people that's going to be completely different going into next season than it was last year, Paul, because as you said, heading in to the, the beginning of this season that have just ended, had to be in the position where, you know, had not won anything with very little people and experience in the team would have been in a much poorer place. Now we've got a group of individuals and people who trust in the process, trust their manager, and um, we'll want to come back bigger, better and stronger, as the manager says next year. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that'll play into the manager's transfer plans with the fact that you're losing such experienced players like that? So you look at guys that have came in, um, obviously Kyogo, uh, Maeda, Jota, relatively inexperienced from playing in Europe or outside their homelands. Now you're losing guys that have got almost 20 years' experience between them. Do you think that we'll potentially maybe target some players from the Scottish League where you can bring that experience in or guys that have played in Scotland before? I just think if you're losing that experience in the dressing room, it's very difficult to get it back. And I don't know if you can go in to another season without maybe looking to bring in guys that have got that experience of playing in Europe. Guys like when the, we spoke about it last week, the Strakens team, guys like Yuri Yarishik, who weren't the greatest of players but had that experience and could step up on the big European nights, Jan Venegura, Hesselink, guys like that. I think that might be more of the guys that we target, so it'd be more like a, 
a Giacomacus or Giacomacus than a Kyogo in the summer. Well, it's an interesting one because I, I get what Declan was saying there. You, you look at some of these players who, um, going into next season, have, I, I was saying, galvanised by the campaign they've just had, the success they've just had. So you look at players like Tony Ralston, Carl Starfelt even, uh, Greg Taylor, Yakamakis, in a different light than you would have done 12 months ago. You're now looking at these guys have been over the course, they've won the league, and I think they're going to be more... Um, leaders, they're going to be bigger leaders than they would have been 12 months ago mm -hmm. so I think that the campaign we've just had has created more kind of leadership qualities in some of these guys and more experience of course but I also get what you're saying Colin because 20 years of uh, European experience walking out the door is massive, it's absolutely huge um, I don't know how much Ange Postacoglu fancies the, the Scottish market Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how how much he does. I, I don't think he would be uh, avoiding anybody who has the quality, regardless of where they play, to be fair. But um, it will be an interesting one because we've had two types of players. We've had unknowns who have become heroes um, under Ange Postecoglou. And then there were others like Joe Hart and James McCarthy already that you've bought that experience. It's a ready-made player who's got international or European or both uh, in their locker already. I'll, I look at also the fact that Rogic is away uh, talking about the transfer policy and how it's going to be swayed by these two moves. I think we've got a ready-made replacement in O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. um, he, he might look to strengthen that area further uh, because I, I still think that uh, David Turnbull's an 8 rather than a 10. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, and then when you look at Beaton, who do we have? Do we need to bring somebody else in? Well, we do have the likes of McCarthy and Idiguchi. It was great to see him making an appearance. Mm -hmm. Do we still need to strengthen in that defensive midfield area? What's your thoughts on that, guys? Do you think uh, we've already replaced maybe early with O'Reilly and Idiguchi, or is that, uh, is that two areas that Ange will be looking to strengthen further? Go on, on you go. I, I think in the defensive midfield, when you're losing someone like Beaton, he's someone who only really stepped back into that role this season. But he showed what he was more capable of in that position than uh, when he was playing at centre-half and obviously the mistakes that he's made before. You look at it and McCarthy hasn't really shown anything. In fact, I'd be surprised if he didn't probably move on in the summer. Um, you've obviously, as you said there, Adeguchi as well. Callum's been playing in that role. Um, it would be For me, I'd prefer to see him playing further up the park. I think he's far more effective at doing that. So it probably is a position that you need to strengthen despite the fact that you've spent all that money on midfielders and that's been the focus since the January transfer window. Mm. So what I'm looking at is, are we going to sign someone with experience in the likes of a Joe Hart in that position? And obviously Joe Hart's not a midfielder before anyone says anything, but that kind of guy that's got experience, has played in the Champions League before, maybe out of favour at a certain club, and would make the step up here to Scotland and obviously has something to prove in the way that Joe Hart did? Or are we going to go for the sort of inexperience again? Guys like Katati who have obviously got experience of playing in another league but don't have experience of playing European style of football. And that's where I'm saying is the kind of target for this summer going to be different to what it was last year. Last year was about building a team. This mm. year's probably more about focusing on the key areas that need to be strengthened. Aye, definitely. Declan, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, guys at like Adeguchi on O'Reilly look like ready-made replacements almost, you know, especially the, the position that they're in O'Reilly most definitely. Um, but, 
you know, I found that interesting because, you know, before I heard anything from Ange on Saturday, I was much the same as what Colin was saying and thinking about, you know, experience we're losing. I mean, I think there was four players left in the squad that was part of the 16-17 campaign. That's me including, you know, Ralston and, and Mikey Johnson who only, I think, got that run out against Johnson towards the end of that season. Obviously, the other two is Callum and, and Jamesy. But, uh, you know, you, you've got guys like Greg Taylor here now that's won two league championships with Celtic. You know, Callum McGregor, obviously, already touched on him um, and, and a few of the other guys. But it's going to be interesting to see where that balance comes. But again, I don't think Angel, you know, decide on a player just based on their experience. But we've heard about, you know, the Korean market, the Iraqi market, the Iranian market and much more. And from him, he's going to scour you know, everywhere as well as that, you know, I'm sure Mark Lowell will be presenting some rather, you know, interesting names towards him, but it's whether or not it, it fits. But, you know, I think on those two transfers, Paul, you know, McCarthy and James McCarthy, McCarthy and James McCarthy, Joe Hart and James McCarthy, who both came in and were announced at the same time. One, you've seen completely kick on, a totally experienced pro that had won titles at Manchester City, 75 caps for England. And one, you know, experienced Ireland international played at the top level with Favourite and Crystal Palace, both contrasting. So, on that basis, you know, I, I think it's again just trust the manager and, you know, the recruitment's been spot on ever since he's came in the door. And I think you'll get it bang on this summer too. Yeah, I would suggest that you're right there, Kevin Porter. Happy Monday, indeed. Bigger and better next season. I like that. Is that the slogan already for next season? Uh, probably see that on a t-shirt at some point. Martin O'Neill, afternoon champions. Yeah, it's great to be the champions of Scotland again. And the Urban Culture, um or is it Culture? I forgot, sorry. I reckon he will sign four or five starters all over six foot and two of them. Box to box players and we also have a we've got loads of comments coming in Alex Greenhorn woke up this morning still champions um, we have Simon Donnelly coming to join us on the show if there's anything that you've ever wanted to ask Simon um, and ask him about the season we've just enjoyed as well please get involved we will be welcoming Simon Donnelly who was involved of course uh, under Vim Janssen when we stopped the 10 almost stopped it himself at East End Park um, and I say almost because obviously um, Craig Falkenbridge scored that goal but we do have Simon Donnelly we're going to be talking to Simon about what he's up to these days and what he has planned and also we'll have a wee look back to one of the less than vintage European campaigns that he was involved in but an interesting one nonetheless 1995-96 when we faced um, Dynamo Batumi and PSG and we do have Simon in the waiting room so we'll be asking him to join us in the next couple of seconds there he is Simon Donnelly how are you sir? How are we doing guys can you hear me? Yeah I hear you loud and clear um, we've just been talking about that season, Simon, that we've just enjoyed. What was your overall thoughts about uh, the impact of Ange Postecoglou? I know you've been watching it closely this season. Yeah, just a fantastic uh, turnaround this year. Really, I don't think any of us could have believed how quick Ange would hit the ground running with this uh, new group of players. But almost to a man, the recruitment has had been positive impacts on the side. Uh, it's been brilliant. You know, it's been an exciting season. The style of play is great. I think all the Celtic fans love it. Plenty of goals, another six at the weekend there. So, yeah, just a fantastic season. Uh, and the exciting thing, I think, for myself and a lot of Celtic fans is it's just the start under Ange, you know, and what, what is he going to bring next to this team in terms of uh, recruitment? So, exciting times. It is. You know, a good football inside makes such a difference, Simon. When you played 
under Tommy Burns and it's one of the teams always look back on the entertaining football how does a manager put that across you know the style the stylistic element of that how do they put that across to the to the players uh, when they're coming in from all all parts of the world this is the style we want to uh, deploy this is the style that Celtic fans enjoy watching yeah, I don't know under under Ange. Obviously, but back in my day, Tommy Burns just brought you know quality players that knew how to play football and excite. He identified guys who you know would get bums off seats. You know, the Canios, Cadet. He was a goal machine. Van Hooydonk, and all these guys came in and had a really positive effect on the, the players that were already there. I think that kind of mirrors what Angie's did this year. You know, because I think guys like Callum McGregor and James Forrest have been asked over and over. To, to produce for Celtic and off the back of a disappointing season last year, I think these guys needed re-energised, they needed refreshed and to have these players come into the, the team round about them, I think it's just lifted everybody. I was going to ask you about the mood actually, I mean I, I know last season was a complete anomaly in terms of all the, the uh, circumstances beyond our control Simon but <clears throat> And going to the games this season, the mood has, you know, been raised above any kind of expectation as well. The the yeah. feel good factor, uh, the fans have really bought into it. How much of a difference does that make to the players on the park? Oh, listen, big time. If 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 there was any doubt on what the fans' impact, you know, you only have to look back to lockdown when it was horrendous. You know, empty stadiums and players playing in front of nobody. So I think that adds to it this year as well. But Again, when you're going back to watch the product is on the pitch, you know it's really exciting because even in those early stages when the the, the three defeats in the league and had a couple of defeats in in Europe, for me it was really how Ange was going about it. You know, I, I was over at the the Betis game in uh, Seville, and they could have been three 0 up. You know, they they want to lose that game, but again, you're looking at a, a defence that's only just came together. But for me, the exciting stuff was you know how he wanted his team to set up, go and attack, free-flowing football, pressing high, a lot of energy, you know, and I, I just felt that there was something, there was a good feeling about it, you know, and that's proved to be the case right through this, this season. They've just got stronger and stronger. They recruited really well in January. I think that gave everybody a lift, bringing their players in at that time. But he'd already identified them. I think he'd tried to maybe get Maeda right at the start. So he knew what he was going in for. So that's why I'm really excited to see what his, his next moves into the transfer market are. Yeah, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll pull out a few names that n- none of us know much about. And uh, once they start playing, we'll realise that the, the real deal of uh, this season is anything to go by. Now, the two guys to my right, Simon, are a wee bit younger than me, so they probably don't remember the 1995-96 season. I'm going to ask you a few questions about that European run, uh, because I think a massive part of the focus this pre-season on the show will be, what can we do in Europe next season? Um, and I know that when you came into the Celtic side, you came in... Um, in difficult times but by the time we've won the Scottish Cup in 95 we're looking ahead to European football again at Celtic Park um, back at that time 95-96 where we faced Batumi and PSG what was the kind of aspirations that Tommy Burns had did he think that we could uh, get a run or were, were we a wee bit short at that stage did you feel I think we were maybe a little bit short that that season what I remember of it was you know it was a joy to play in that team it really was and there's there's a lot of Celtic fans come up to me and talk about the style of play and what we did that season. And we didn't. We won the Scottish Cup in '95, but we, we didn't win the league. You know, but they, they remember the style of the football. So that European run 
it was all new for me. Dynamo Batumi you're touching on there was, you know, we flew out there and I remember the bus to the hotel when there's cows walking about in the street. You know, it was it was a, a real experience. Uh, hostile environment, I think we get a decent result to take back to, to Celtic Park. And then the Paris games, you know, I thought, I think if I remember rightly, in the Parc de Prince, Pierre had a great chance. I think he blamed the floodlights yeah. in his eyes for the, the chance. And then we went back to Celtic Park and we could have no complaints. They, they battered us there. I think it was 3 0 and it was a real footballing lesson. You know, these are names again that Declan will definitely be aware of, but you might not have seen them playing in the hoops, guys. But um, over in Georgia, when you played Dynamo Batumi, it's one of the games, Simon, that uh, there were so few Celtic fans at the game that it's one of the rarest Celtic programmes in the history of the club. Very few kicking about. So if you've got one in the the, the cupboard there, you might want to check its price um, on eBay. (laughs) Aye, definitely. Um, But I do recall at that time, we started bringing in guys like Andy Tom, and Tom scored two away. Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes his contribution is overshadowed because you had the three amigos coming in. Yeah. Um, but Tom, what a player he was as well, Simon. Was, what did he, he bring was, to the party? He was a great player. Uh, I remember we were talking in pre-season about Andy Tom's name was mentioned and I, I, I'd never heard of Andy, but Pierre was at the club and Pierre knew about him. And I remember us sitting at pre-season and he said, listen, this guy's a proper player. So immediately you're excited to, to see what he can bring. But I think you're right. I think he sometimes does get forgotten because of the other ones. Uh, but Andy was, I mean, he was explosive. He had a, a great shot on him. Everybody will remember the, the net buster at Ibrox. Uh, but yeah, he was a, a real, real top player. And I, I really enjoyed that period. As I say, we didn't win the league. I think we would one defeat that season. Uh, too many draws. But playing with those guys, you know, the experience of learning off top players that Tommy was bringing to the club. You know, I'd like to think it brought something else to my game, you know, working with them day in, day out and just seeing how these guys went about. I think everybody uh, got a lift from the guys coming in. We certainly started to to close the gap to what was quite a dominant Rangers team at the time. We were were getting closer. Uh, Without a doubt. And again, this was the season, of course, that uh, we returned to Celtic Park. Simon, now I know a lot of footballers maybe dream of playing cup finals at the National Stadium, etc. But that season at Hamden was quite a forgettable one, although we went on to win the Scottish Cup, of course. Um, how great was it to get back to Paradise and to play the home games at Celtic Park? It was it was brilliant, mate, because the, the way it had worked, I'd come into the team just as we were finishing at Celtic Park, or the old Celtic Park, and we went to Hamden. That was my first full season, and, and a personal note, I know the, the team were, we had a really tough season, but a personal note, I picked up some injuries. I went through the season after coming in and scoring five goals in ten games and stupidly thinking, you know, this is very easy. I went the whole season without a goal in my second season there. Uh, and I just think it didn't fit, you know, playing at Hamden for the, for the league that year. I don't think anybody really enjoyed it. Uh, as you touched on, we won the cup, obviously. I think Pierre coming to the club towards the tail end of that season. I think I remember him scoring against Hearts one night. I was sitting in the main stand at Hamden. But that was the kind of the start of the kind of revolution, if you like, you know, bringing these other players in. It was going to marry in with us going back to Celtic Park. So I think everybody was desperate to get back there. Uh, the fans probably included in that. There you go, Colin. Sid, you've, you spoke about Tom scoring some great goals and 
we, we can't let you get away without talking about your own goal in the return leg because that was an absolute peach. Talk us through it. I mean, wearing the, the famous seven that night and then, what, 25, 30? Probably the more you speak about it, the further out it gets. I was 35 yards, maybe. Yeah, I wasn't renowned for, you know, long strikes. And that one for a, for a number of years, you know, whenever I told anybody, I think they thought I'd made it up. So I was really glad when it popped up on Twitter one, one night and I could actually show, I had the evidence there to prove that that was indeed my goal. But I very much out the Andy Tom for all that one. Uh, barring in wearing the number seven, would it be one of your best goals in a Celtic jersey? Yeah, but it's it's, it's not my people have asked. It's it's one. Yeah, I think it's one of my best, but it's not my favourite. Uh, my favourite was probably down at Rugby Park in the, the the year we we won the league. It was a really good team goal, and we'd 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 struggled to beat Kilmarnock. It was an important uh, win that we we needed there in the title race, and it was a, a good team goal. I think it finishes with. With Darren Jackson playing it to me, and I lifted it over my, my old teammate Gordon Marshall, who, uh, much to my amusement, but not to his, but I guess. It was Gordon Marshall that was in goal for those two games, wasn't it, against Dynamo? Yeah. It probably would have been, aye. Yeah. What I find interesting, if you look at that PSG team, um, I remember at the time thinking it's probably the best team I'd seen. Uh, coming to Celtic yeah. Park and it was Jorkaev, uh, Loco. But we also had like Stefan Mahe was playing that night and um, that, Paul Le Guin. Recently, I hadn't yeah. even realised that. It's incredible to think somebody had mentioned that and I went back to look at the team lines uh, because I, I couldn't remember him playing, obviously, when he came to the club. And there he was. And uh, famously, Simon, away from home, roll with it is sang by the Celtic fans and that was the birth of yeah. what became an anthem and it's one that we've heard this season as well was, yeah. um, I know you're an Oasis fan were you back then? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Big time. Uh, right in the heart of it. Yeah, in the heart of it. Went to loads of gigs to follow them everywhere, really. But that was, that was brilliant. And actually... I had to be corrected with that because I remember it at the, the League Cup final at Ibrox when we beat Dundee United blaring out at the end and it was brilliant and I kind of stupidly thought that was the birth of it. Somebody corrected me and said exactly that, part of the prance. 
Yes. Um, there's always somebody on Twitter who's ready to correct you, and that person could be Declan because he is a bit of a stato as well. So where are you now then? Is it Liam or no? Team Liam, Team No. I'm sliding towards Liam at the moment. Well, to be fair, I mean, I think that a lot of Oasis fans have gone into the the team. Liam, what's your take on it, Dick? Yeah, I, I became pretty much team Liam. I think after watching that documentary and stuff. Um, and you know, I like Noel. I've seen him three or four times now, but he's just, I don't know, he's just becoming a character that's becoming a, I don't know, he's, well, as Liam just seems to be kind of carrying on with the gig, if you will. And, um yeah, he just seems to be a lot more sound than the known. They just, they just need to get, they need to get back together. I agree with you. That's that's what they need to do. I absolutely agree with that. Now, I'm going to have to bring this up because we're talking European football, Simon, and um, BAC has brought up your, your penalty against Liverpool. Um, that was a game 2-2 yourself and Jackie both scored, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, and that was probably one of the games that you know you began to believe that we had a bit of a team that could go on and, and win the title that year. That, that, I think over the two legs, albeit we were out on away goals, I think that really gave us a belief that we could do something. You know, we performed really well there was a lot of guys that came in in the earliest part of that season. Uh, and I think, you know, that performance against Liverpool over the two legs, as I say, kicked us on. See, when you're, you're faced with that uh, predicament as a professional, Simon, um, you're taking a, a penalty with such magnitude. I've spoken to some players who say that they kind of zone out and they're able just to kind of zone out the, the sense of occasion, the atmosphere and all this kind of stuff, the pressure. Uh, what about yourself? I mean, how did you deal with that? Well, it's, it's funny how that came about, really, because folk were saying, you know, why is Henrik not on the penalties? But Henrik had just came to the club, and it was just circumstance, really. I think I took one against St Johnston in the Cup. You know, I put myself forward late on, and, and I scored it. And then I think there's a kind of unwritten rule that you're on them until you miss them. And even in the the, 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 the round before, when we played Tyrrell, I wasn't meant to be playing. You know, Dan J- Jackson took Unwell in the bus from the hotel and Vim put me in up front. And again, we get a penalty and I scored it. So I just kind of fell into the, the place of, you know, I'm on them until I miss. Uh, and the, the Liverpool one was in the next uh, next round. And if you watch it back, I put, I put it in probably the same place as I scored the Tyrrell one. And I think David James knew that because he almost saved it. You know, so thankfully for me, it went in off the, the underside of the bar, but there was a little heart skip moment there just as it, it went in. I bet. You know, when uh, we look back on a season, we, we remember our greats like uh, Bertie Old behind me here. We also lost them, Janssen, of course, Simon. And you've been speaking about how some of these players come in and added to your game, so you were able to, to learn from some of the recruits. What was the biggest thing you took from your time working with Vim Janssen? Just enjoyed his, his training methods and sessions. You know, everything from day one was with the ball and it was all intense. You know, he, he, sometimes it boiled over uh, because I think he liked to put the guys in the jersey versus the guys not with the jersey to give it that kind of intensity during the week. But I, I really liked the way he went about it. I think he was very calm. After games, there was no, no yelling or losing his head. He would... He would so we would discuss it on Monday and then he would maybe just speak to the guys that it was relevant with rather than have inquest after inquest. I just liked his style uh, and thankfully he played me more often than not and 
but it was a really enjoyable season. Yeah, so can I ask, we were we were talking about um, obviously Roderick and Beaton's going to go, and we we're having a chat earlier on about you know we went into a Celtic side that at first had guys like Peter Grant and Paul McStay and the side that eventually <clears> left. Yeah. Do you think Angie's recruitment going into this summer is going to look to to bring that wee bit more experience in? Because after the game, one of the things he kind of emphasised was now that this group of players have been over the course that he believes that you know they'll step up even more now. Um, do you think you'll just trust what he's got there and still look for young blood to go into the side, or do you think you'll take a wee bit more of an approach towards guys that have maybe been over the course of it? Yeah, well, I think that just goes back to it'll be interesting and exciting to see what route he goes down because just as what you're touching on there, a lot of the, the recruitment has been young players that I agree with you. I think they're going to get better. You know, the experience of being together this season and being successful, you know, now will stand them in good stead moving forward. And their captain, they have a guy who's just fell into it uh, seamlessly from, from Scott Brown. James Forrest has added another three years, I think, on his, his career with the contract extension. So it's important, I think, to have these guys about because, as you quite rightly say, although Rogic and Beton didn't come through the ranks, they've been virtually at Celtic all their, their football careers. You know, they both came in as young men and were there for almost 10 years. So they'll be, they'll be big holes to, to fill, but I, I don't know what you know direction Angel move in, but I think we can all trust him. You know, with his success from before, whether he dips back into markets that he's been in before. But again, he pulls O'Reilly out the hat at the turn of the year. Who at 21, I think he's going to be a fantastic player for Celtic. Uh, so that's another wee bit that, the positivity about it. I think these boys are just going to get better. Aye, definitely. Now, Simon, um, the other week there we had the opportunity to chat to Paul Lambert um, and it was all around an event that's coming up in Glasgow that you're very much involved in. Paul will be appearing, as will Martin O'Neill and others. You want to tell us a wee bit more about that as well? Yeah, it's just uh, something else that I'm involved in. That you know, It's a wee bit different from my playing days, but we've, we've put on some events. Uh, and we had a big one last year with, with Henrik... Uh, Chris Sutton and John Hartson, amongst others, at the Hydro. You know, so it was a great night. I think we got a lot of really good feedback. The start of the show ended up being Martin O'Neill. You know, he was really brilliant on the night, and we got a lot of kind of good feedback from from that. So we thought, you know, why don't we give the man the stage he deserves for for the night on his own? But as you say, he's going to be accompanied by a few of his old players. So Lambo, as you touched on, Sutty's coming back who I think the two of them bounce off each other brilliantly, him and Martin. Uh, we're, we're bringing Lubo over and Jackie, Jackie McNamara. So that's at the end of the month, May the 29th, at the Armadillo. Uh, so I hope it's as successful a night as we did in November because it was memorable. You know, there were some good moments. We had a bit of music going on and it was, it was really good to see all the guys back bouncing off each other. You know, it's not often that you get the opportunity once your, your career's finished to be in the same room as ex-teammates or ex-gaffers, so we're really looking forward to it. It should be a cracker, and we'll have the ticket link underneath the video as well, Simon. There's one thing I wanted to, to ask you before you left as well. You mentioned Jackie there. I was a massive fan of Jackie McNamara, but this season's uh, right back for me, um, and I know that he's been in and out the side, but uh, it's the resurgence of Tony Ralston I want to ask you about from a footballer's perspective. Um, and I know this didn't happen with you during your, your, your career, but this was a guy who was completely written off, who disappeared from view for about 18 months, maybe longer. Um, he was a bit of a whipping boy, yet he comes back 
and he proves everybody wrong. I mean, what kind of level of mental fortitude must Tony Ralston have to have come back and had the season that he's had? A, a really strong mentality, and I, I love it. I really, I like watching any you know kid coming through the ranks. Obviously, I was there myself at one period, and, and I know how difficult it is to get into that team and, and hold your place down. But I never had. You know, the, the confidence not that I, I had to go elsewhere to, to play. You know, he went to, I think it was United and St. Johnson. Lesser characters could have just went, you know, that's my Celtic career over. But he's came back at a time when the new gaffer was coming in. He's took his opportunity brilliantly. I was talking about it in commentary uh, at the weekend about his, his contribution and assists and goals in the early part of the season. The important goal up at Dingwall, and then, like every other big club, you know, they bring in Juranovic, who's going to be a competitor in that position. I think Juranovic ended up playing left-back at the beginning because Ralston couldn't be shifted. So, all credit to him, you know, and he's had a fantastic season. Uh, popped up with the cross the other night at Tannadice uh, and then clears one off the line. You know, he's, he's had a real positive season and it's all, all down to him. He gets the opportunity, but you, you've, you've got to take it, and he has. Brilliant, Simon. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, as I say, we will have the ticket link underneath the video for the big event in Glasgow with Martin O'Neill and others. Um, thanks very much. Enjoy your pre-season. Hopefully we can catch up with you next season as well, Simon. Definitely. Nice pleasure, one. Guys. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. Simon. Tell you what, Paul, I was going to throw it to Simon, but you are a, a man of Celtic history. You know a lot of this. So, obviously we lost 3-0 to PSG that night. Yeah. Ten yep. years later, Simon comes up against one of the players that played for PSG that night in a game in the Scottish Premier League, Livingston versus Dunfermline. Any ideas who it was? Wow, that's a cracking, that's a brilliant pub question, that. Because I had the team lines up about 30 seconds before you asked that question. I removed them, so the tabs aren't there. Um, <laughs> who would it have been then? Who played with PSG and Livingston? That's a great question, mate. I'm struggling. Anybody in the comments section who wants to uh, throw their their uh, answers at us, then please do. Because, to be honest with you, I mean, I've got a, a list of the kind of star men in that team. I'm guessing it wasn't any of them. I can't remember Jock IF playing for Livy. No, I definitely didn't, no. No. Um, and uh, Mahi didn't go to Livingston. So that could have been a... He didn't, did he? No. no he went to Hearts. And no. Did he play briefly for Kilmarnock, Stephen May? <laughs> Uh, I'd need to check Not that sure. as well. I'd need to check that as well. No, I'm stumped, and I know Declan's got good knowledge as well, but that is a, yeah, a, a difficult, difficult question. You're going to have to put us out of misery, mate. I'll, I'll wait and we'll see if we get the first person to come in in the comment section and we'll bring it up. But I wonder if Sid would have known that one. He came up against someone he faced that night. Wow. Ten years later in the Scottish Premier League, Livingston versus Dunfermline. Where did, where did you find that, mate? I mean... Uh, Mate, I had to do some research on that season because I was very, very young. Uh, and when I clicked on this person's profile, it turned out that he, he played for Livingston, played two games for Livingston. What position, what position did he play? That gives it away, unfortunately, if I say that. Um, it wasn't he the goalie? It wasn't the goalie, no. So it turns out that he played two games for Livingston, one against right. Simon Donnelly's Dunfermline and the other against Celtic in a 4-0 defeat. Johnny Hartson got a hat-trick that day. No, I'm stumped, mate. I am absolutely stumped here. Um, yes, I'm going to uh, 
hopefully rely on those in the comment section to come up with an answer before the end of the show because that is a cracker of a question puck question and I'm sure people will start asking it from now on now that you've devised it Colin but that was brilliant to, to hear from Simon Donnelly um, seen most of his games as a Celtic player came in in difficult times had some success uh, and, and there's also a, a face around about Celtic Park now um, I think he's always got a good take on things as well Declan could Simon Donnelly have played an Ange Postacoglu's team Probably could have, yeah. Um, again, you know, looking at guys like Tony Nelson and stuff, I think it's Simon's attitude in that Celtic and his Celtic career that was always pretty much spot on. You know, he was part of that team that stopped the 10 guys that were doing in the history books. There's obviously been lots of comparisons um, between both those sides. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he probably could have played in an Angie Celtic team. Yeah, I mean, Colin probably should have kept that question, Declan, for one of the quizzes um, that undoubtedly will come into the equation during the, the pre-season. But Sean South is saying that you're making it up, Colin. Nah, Didn't it happen? Definitely happened. Definitely happened. Right, and okay. that's, that's That's terrible. He was he was very nice to me on Wednesday night, along with McMahon, 67. There's no way Patrice nice Loco played for Livingston. Come on, he was some player, by the way. Uh, Kevin Graham Port, Vincent Guer- Gueran. Gueran? Nope, wasn't him. No, no. He was even playing, or was that just a random name? People could throw random names at me here, and I'll bring them up. You know, like um, yeah, Darcells Avon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Emmanuel Dorado, not him. No, don't know. Here we go. Keep it coming, lads. Keep it coming. Yeah, oh, we have a correct answer. Bring it up. We have a correct answer. Acrobat in the chat. Pascal Numa, this goal scorer from that game against Celtic. He scored, I believe it was the, the third goal um, in the 3-0 victory at Celtic Park. Wow. He only got one goal that night. Um, he then made a move to Livingston in 2005 um, and came on as a substitute against the Fernland on the 2nd of April 2005 against Simon Donnelly's um, Dunfermline Athletic. It's interesting, you know, taking a wee dip into Scottish football um, and looking at, you know, where we are at this moment in time, uh, Declan, because obviously Livingston were were financed for a period that they had some great success mm-hmm. and, you know, they won the League Cup. They came third in the league, unbelievably third in the league, qualified for Europe and it all collapsed because it was basically, you know, it was a financial model that, that was never going to work. Uh, but we've seen that a few times in Scottish football. Um, and we've also seen some real success stories with clubs who have been um, no bankrolled as such, but there's been heavy investment and they've started coming through the leagues. And we've seen it this season with Queen's Park, Declan. You know, Owen Coyle's the manager at Queen's Park. They brought in some fairly high profile players like Luca Connell. Colin, where's that 25 quid? And I'm sure they're looking for others. Um, what do you do? You, do you make a team like Queen's Park? How far can they take it? Yeah, you know, I know a couple of guys that are at Queen's Park um, uh, and they're doing a terrific job at Queen's Park, obviously. They're in the Championship um, and, you know, they've been playing up at Fur Hill just up the road from me. So, I've had a lot of dealings with their fans because they've been coming into to my local where I run the, the Mary Alberti old CSC from with the other guys. So, um, yeah, we've been, been chatting away to Queen's Park fans all season and it's a great story. And, uh, you know, top marks to them because, you know, they've went, I think the fans were maybe a wee bit sceptical about making that move from, from part-timers to going full-time. But, you know, they've got people like... Uh, Leanne up there and the board I think she's still there and obviously a high profile manager and an on coil coming in so but there's that and 
you know, that too, you know, lesser Hamden is coming on. It's going to be a wee tidy stadium. It absolutely will be. I've had a wee look at that, but I've been over at Hamden um, recently and it looks as if it's going to be the real deal. So, yeah, but isn't it? it's good to have teams like this. It's good to have another team in Glasgow um, because the, the Thistles have been doing too well either. So, Chris will better watch themselves because I think Queen's Park are quite hot in the fuels. And, um, yeah, I imagine Queen's Park getting a, a third promotion and being in the Premiership. As of season twenty three, twenty four, some feet, but yeah, sensational. Top, top marks to everybody involved at Queen's Park, and congratulations to Luke O'Connell because, you know, whether he does see himself coming back to Celtic, and O'Connell would would definitely like that. His bank account would most definitely like that. <laughs> um, whether or not that happens or not, he's taking the, the step down the league to try and prove himself, and he's doing that. You know, you can't ask for much more than going and help your side get that promotion. And I think the rebut was a wee bit of a wobble in the season but yeah mm. they seem to have all the right ingredients and good luck to them for next season in the championship could that be some story it's that going to be some campaign yeah you've took the words right out of my mouth Colin uh, it is going to be a tough one to get out of that's for sure and mm-hmm. uh, I think if Queen's Park maintain their position within the championship they're doing well next season and fair play to them I love teams with ambition you know I think that the the, the change within the pyramid system has um, rid of us, us of a lot of clubs who had absolutely no ambition whatsoever you know because they knew that you know there was just this this constant where they were never going to be relegated so they had no ambition and um, a lot of these other clubs are showing them up and coming through the divisions uh, Bonnie Regros being one of them of course big shout yeah. out to Amy Canavan who is normally on a Monday uh, of course there is a link to Simon Donnelly in that he started his career at Queen's Park as well like so many other players um, now Kyogo I want to talk about Kyogo Declan because I think that what we've seen this season is uh, you know he's an instant icon he's, he's an iconic looking player you see some of these images of him you know where, where the you know the, the pyro behind him or where he scored a goal against Sibs and he's mid-air and you can see the smoke he's an iconic looking player um, not just with the images but with his play his goals that goal he scored where he's taking it on the volley from a tremendous Ralston dink um, but you know you know this Declan I don't even think we've seen the best of him and the reason I say that is He's acclimatised. He's done it very, very quickly. But you know, he's only just settling into the um, the country, uh, the culture of the, the actual Scottish game, and this galvanisation that we're talking about. Season two, you would expect him to kick on, and he's had two really bad injury layoffs as well. I think what we got a glimpse of in the last couple of games is what he's going to be offering next season. I think that um, you know we're in for a, a tremendous, tremendous time of it next year if Kyogo can continue to improve because I think there's room for development and improvement with this guy. He's already sensational. Yeah, it's just about consistency and hopefully avoid an injury again. I think, correctly if I'm wrong, it's been 20 goals this season. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 20 goals? Yeah, um, and for somebody who, who missed you know half of a season practically, as a phenomenal return, obviously, without him, we wouldn't have got that League Cup over the line. I think that was a, a massive um, game in our season and just getting that belief back installed in the players um, and getting that League Cup over the line, you know, gets a goal back really, really early. And then the second goal's swirled class. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, and by the way, that's a fair point. The, the, the turn and the angle of it, I actually, at first thought, you know, as a goalie, made a bit of a boop here and been beat at his near post but he's not at all you know, it's, it's, it's unstoppable it's hit with power um, it's venomous it's, it's always going to go in and I'll tell you something Paul as much as you know been biting my nails all season as much as it might have been an extra pint in the pub all season 
I am going to miss watching Kyogo because it only seems as if he's just getting started just now. Yeah. And of course, we're not going to see him featured again. And it's going to be nice not having those Champions League qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But um, for the next few weeks, it's going to be very, very strange because, you know, Anne said there's Australian TV interview yesterday. These guys, you know, as supporters, you know, it's, it's much more than a football club to us and it absolutely is and, and Celtic aren't playing um, maybe pretty bored but I need to see I think there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out this summer so <laughs> a, there is a void there is a void absolutely Declan and I think that having uh, had that lengthy layoff from the football um, and forced upon us then getting it back getting that taste back and then you know we're into the pre-season now and I think that at the same time as well with regards to that we, we will be out every single day um, we don't have the weekend stuff because there's no games to play we'll cover all the friendlies when they start coming back in but that's on Bulletin will be on at 12.30 every single day we will be talking about the topical subjects involving Celtic which is exactly what the Bulletin is um, Axon also makes uh, fully produced videos that you'll find on our YouTube uh, channel that you can subscribe to for free so please do that and also hit the notifications bell and if you're on YouTube click the, the thumbs up button like the video and it helps this algorithm um, that uh, I've read so much about Colin and completely don't understand but one of the things I was going to throw out there and I don't understand why this is but Reno Hatate or Reno Hatate um, Kyogo is a player that finally got my 7 year old interested in Celtic he absolutely loves him he is the player that when the wee fella was looking at the latest Celtic view the quarterly he's the player that my wee 5 year old was drawn to as well and started actually sketching out drawings of him what is it about Kyogo is it the fact that he's always smiling he's just got that kind of temperament Colin but he is he's one of these guys that you know kids and, and adults seem to gravitate towards I mean he's he's one of these guys who's a hero like Andy Walker was a hero for me in the centenary season mm. I mean I, I don't think you can draw many comparisons between Andy Walker and Kyogo unfortunately um, but I think when you look at it, the, the Celtic advertising machine have done a really good job behind Kyogo. They've put a lot in behind him. You see he's got T-shirts, he's got mugs, he's, he's got um, posters. It's all over the place and um, they've kind of almost made him into this sort of hero cartoon character. And I think that's what kids are drawn to. So that when they see him on the park, he's the guy that they've seen in the pictures, he's the guy they've seen in the posters. And um, yeah, I, I have seen it myself. There's a couple of kids that sit just over from me as well, and Kyogo's their favourite player. So, like, whatever it is, whatever it takes, then um, he is the sort of superhero of Celtic at the minute. And what a head of hair. I've got to just throw that one in there as well. Very, very impressed. Listen, it's been tremendous. We've had a wee chat about what's happening at Celtic at the the moment. We will be talking about uh, transfer gossip and confirmed deals as the pre-season goes on, as well as all the friendly games and everything else that's happened at Celtic. Um, But we were joined today by Simon Donnelly. And Simon was here to talk about this season under Ange. Um, his season under Vim Janssen and also the 95-96 European campaign under Tommy Burns but he will also be at uh, the Armadillo at the end of this month alongside uh, Martin O'Neill Chris Sutton, Jackie McNamara Lubo Maravchik and Paul Lambert and if you want to buy tickets for that event the link is now underneath in the video description I'll tell you what, it's been great on a Monday thanks everybody for getting involved in the chat we hit a thousand viewers there which is tremendous for a Monday afternoon Um, enjoy the rest of your day and and all that's left for me to say is Colin Watt and Declan McConville, thank you once again for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.